It's not even that Apple Music is the best. It's just that they're like fucking around the least. And that's the perfect way of putting it. I don't actually like Apple Music very no. much, but I resent it less than Spotify. Yeah, exactly. Which makes it better. Hello and welcome to the Android Police Podcast. My name is Daniel Bader. This week on the show, it's been a busy week. Some pixel leaks, Amazon and Microsoft had events that we're not really going to talk about the Microsoft stuff because even for an Android site that tangentially thinks about other parts of the tech ecosystem, that was a disappointing service. It was so boring. We won't even go there, uh, except just to insult the uh, Surface event. So, Will, Ara, good morning. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. You hanging in there? I'm getting used to the early, early, it's 9.30, but the, the morning records. I'm getting used to it. I think it. it puts us in our best light. Yeah. Our best well, proverbial light. I, I feel like we should out you and say that when you logged on to this meet call, you uh, started the day by flipping us off. So. I did. That's actually. the energy. And then, I hid my, and then I hid my camera. So yeah. I'm still doing it, but you just can't see it. <laughs> well, I am grateful for the morning record because I woke up with an ice strain headache. So hopefully my leave will have kicked in by the time this podcast is over. The actual act of podcasting should alleviate your strain. No, the fact that I'm in a dark room. All the serotonin mm. that's generated from conversing with two <laughs> brilliant humans who make you feel good about oh, yourself. Do we have guests this week? <laughs> uh, well, you're fired. All right. Yeah, I guess let's start with Pixel. I mean, we know it's happening on October 4th. Mm-hmm. It's just a thing that's happening. But we actually saw some Pixel 8a photos this week. Pixel 8a will not launch until mid-next year. So this seems like a very, very early version of that device. But it's a Pixel A series device. It's rounded a little bit more, which I like. To me, this looks cute. Like, that's the word that I think of when I look at this. It's a cute-looking device. I don't know about you. It is. It definitely looks cute. I like that blue. It's a little bit bolder than the blue we got on the 7A. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Blue seems to be the color that a lot of companies are, like light blue yeah. seems to be the color companies are leaning into right now. I'm, I'm okay with blue. Just give me some like cobalt or something. Like give me something bold. Yeah. After the iPhone 15 colors, everybody's a bit upset by what, what Apple's doing. So hopefully Pastels Google are out. Will- yeah. Yeah, pastels are out. Although this is pretty pastel. Like this it is. That is this is that some, is this is a color my my daughter would like scribble all over her work. <laughs> I swear to God, I think that's the color of the chairs in my elementary school. Like <laughs> right. twenty yeah. years ago. Yeah, no. Other than that though. It looks cute. I kinda like the more rounded corners just because I feel like that's gonna be slightly more comfortable in the hand if you are going to be propping the phone up in your hand for hours and hours like I do. Yeah, I think Companies are understanding that like ergonomics are actually a thing, especially on bigger devices. Apple's slightly rounded edges on the iPhone 15 speaks to that. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the Pixel, right? Because the Pixel A Pro is going flat screen, but whether or not they're doing anything to make the phone more comfortable to hold remains to be seen. I was looking at this yesterday and I was like, it looks very iPhone. And then I think it was... Rita on Twitter compared it to a Galaxy S3. And I was like, that's what it is. It's the pebble shape when they went all in on nature. 
and and they were like we're gonna have like every time your phone beeps it's gonna sound like water and i'm like that is what this is calling back to is the s3 I'm totally okay with it. The only thing that could make this design slightly better for me is if they, uh, if we went like fully like back to 2012, 2013 and had like the rounded back for it, like the slightly rounded back, <laughs> like, mo- like my Moto X. The so only two we- things I want out of this pix- uh, out of the Pixel 8a is a smaller size again and a more comfortable grip on it. It's so funny to think about how like i guess samey almost like designs are these days compared to like the early days of android i've been kind of living in that um by the time this comes out my piece exploring re-exploring the t-mobile g1 will be up it's scheduled to go up saturday which is the anniversary the 15th anniversary of that phone but it's like it's such a weird phone compared to like when we see phone leaks today it's like oh like it, yeah, is it gonna be is it gonna be light blue or lighter blue? Is it gonna be like ooh, how how curved are the corners? Are they a little curved or like a lot of curved? And like that's it. That's like the only difference. Every other like unless it's a foldable, and even then those all kind of align into the same thing depending on their form factor. It's like I was like uh, writing this piece trying to think of like specific things that were tried and failed. And I remembered the HTC Salsa and Cha-Cha, which both had Facebook buttons on the bottom of them. Dedicated Facebook buttons. Um, I don't know. Like, Truly I don't, it's so funny. memory right there. Yeah. I had forgotten their names. I was like, Salsa was a code word, right? No, no, it wasn't. Because when you search Facebook phone, you also get like, remember the HTC, the actual Facebook phone? Anyway, uh, God, phones are so weird in the early I mean, 2010s. Amazon had a phone, the Fire they did. Phone. I was joking was, about that this week. 3D. I was like, they should announce a Fire Phone 2 this week, and it's a $500 foldable. Things were messy, man. <laughs> That's when things were messy. Like, yeah. we had to distinguish between AMOLED displays based on the subpixel array. Oh, God. Remember yeah, that? Absolutely. Motorola always used, like, those. It was, what was it? It was one of the droids had, like, a terrible screen. Oh, they all had, early AMOLED displays yeah. were awful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's been, what, 13 years? We talked a li- about this in a previous episode about, like, how in the early 2010s, polycarbonate was the word, right? We had... Nokia with the Lumia series, particularly like the 1020, that was just beautiful plastic. Like it was just this gorgeous shell of rounded plastic that just like aged well. It was hardy. Would you say it was unapologetically plastic? I I would not ever okay. say that okay. again <laughs> until until I was forced to. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Apple, right? Yeah. iPhone 5C was it? Uh, but then, you know, the One X, the HTC One X also did that really well. Every company was experimenting with different materials in the early 2010s. And then we just ended up with Gorilla Glass everywhere. Or in the case of something like the Pixel 7a, something that's plastic, but it looks like Gorilla Glass, right? And I think everybody who reviewed the 7a was like, actually, this is good. Yeah. Like let's lean into plastic yeah. again. Let's recognize that it's a, a fine material for phones and that it was always fine and that we don't need something that's heavy and breakable and scratchable. And that if you're not gonna spend eight hundred dollars on a phone and you don't want to put a case on it, just buy a plastic phone, it'll be fine. So anyway, this will probably be plastic. This looks plastic. 
based on the leak, but that's okay. I mean, it's also just the earliest prototype and they might not have like the surfacing for the back plate yet. Oh yeah, for sure. But also let's be honest, it's going to be plastic. Oh yeah, no, totally. So other than that, there's a few other little pixel related leaks to talk about. Uh, The Pixel Watch 2 will have better health sensors. This has been rumored forever, but it's going to adopt the electrodermal activity sensor that debuted in the Fitbit Sense a couple of years ago and has been iterated on with the Sense 2. Although I remember when people reviewed the Sense 2, they were like, this is a garbage device. (laughs) Nobody should buy this. That's besides the point. The Fitbit app is now rolling out, the updated one. So when the Pixel Watch 2 is released next month, there will be a new Fitbit app experience, more health sensors, presumably much better auto workout tracking, which was basically absent on the first one, as well as new watch bands. So Will, walk us through this strap that leaked as well, because it's it's interesting. Not something that I would typically wear, but... Uh, I was going to say, I don't like love the look of it, but it's, it is... <sighs> I, I haven't seen it on a it doesn't look like a like an Apple Watch band. Like I'll say that. Like um so it's a metal slim strap. Like it it does look it it kind of looks like the, the metal band they released for the 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 Pixel Watch a few months ago, like way after uh, uh launch, which which is a, a fairly standard, like it looks exactly what you would think a metal band for a watch looks like. This one is like it, it, in terms of width, it, it's closer to something you'd see on like a Fitbit tracker. It, and I mean like a charge, not not a sense to, um, but it's metal. It's got like a weird clasp, like a like a clasp in the middle of it that I, I it looks like it. it's one of the um, what are D? Is it? it uh, I, I always forget. It's Samsung's used it before, right? It's like a the way it like opens it like pops out yeah i think it might be a d class but i mean d class thank you yeah i don't necessarily think that this is a unique ish design apart from how the links look uh because like especially looking at like the back of it this looks like a standard metal band it's well i've just never seen one this like like it's like trying to be like more of a bracelet than a than a watch band like i think you have not spent enough time around women's watches then yeah, this is like a pretty typical uh, I, ladies' watch. No, no, no. Band I know that, but I'm saying width. we don't see that on smartwatches. Is my point? Like, like, but yeah. we do on Fitbits. So, right. like, let's go back exactly. to this. Like, I've been reviewing Fitbits for over a decade. Like, before they got bought by Google, like they were just a very interesting company, right? They would iterate and then they would do nothing for two years, three years, and then they would iterate again. And it was all about big technology leaps every three or four years. But in between they would release the exact same product with updated designs and really lean into the the fashion elements long before the Apple Watch did this, right? People talk about how the Apple Watch created this like hybrid lifestyle fashion smartwatch tech product that crossed over into the mainstream, but Fitbit was there way before Apple. And like, that's important. Fitbit has been doing this forever. And it's very interesting that the Pixel Watch, which was presumably in development long before App, uh, Google bought Fitbit, didn't benefit from a lot of those Fitbit design ideas. And it's very clear that a year into this, or two years, I guess, into this project, the Pixel Watch 2 is essentially going to be a Fitbit in all but name. 
they are leaning hard into Fitbit as a brand. And I think that's really interesting because we were under the impression a year ago when the Pixel Watch launched with nary any Fitbit integration at all, except for the Fitbit Health API, that this would kind of go away. But instead, Google is leaning hard into Fitbit. And I think this band is a good indication of where they're going with this. To Ara's point, yes, it does look more like a women's metal watch band. Like, I'm not saying that it doesn't. My point is that we don't see that super often in smartwatches. Like, pretty much every metal band you can buy is, like, the default width of, like, a smartwatch band. Like, they're all kind of identical, which, like, is almost always, like, leaning towards, like, a masculine look. And more importantly is that when you do have stuff like this, like, um, what is the name of the the design-focused Fitbit? The Lux. The Lux. The luck, right? Yeah. Like stuff like that, where it's like supposed to look a little more like jewelry. It's always going to have that like slimmer display, like the charge or the lux, where it's like more of a bracelet. This almost looks kind of odd when it's paired with like the full size pixel watch. I don't know. It looks like a mismatch of like the size of the watch versus the size of the band for smartwatches. It's like an yeah, odd look compared an to it, that's true, but it's like there is obviously a market for this. And no one has, like Samsung, Apple, no one has like, let's go after a slimmer metal band. Like, I don't know. I think it's interesting. So it would never work for a Samsung Galaxy because the Galaxy start at like 49 millimeters. Well, that's true. Yeah, they're all, they're all like, you're going camping tomorrow and you won't be back for five weeks and uh, good luck. Yeah. Right. And the Apple Watch, even the 38, now 40 millimeter version it's not large, but they had a look and they leaned into that look. And it was never, it was never about recreating. Right. I mean, we fashion. talked about that last week. It's, it's yeah, the, exactly. Yeah. It was about like doing their own thing from day one. I'm surprised that companies under the fossil group have not done yeah. more of this, right? Like Scoggin or Michael Kors, you know, Kate Spade. Uh, no, wait, Kate Spade doesn't have I was going to say, Kate Spade doesn't have a watch, and Kate Spade is in Scipio, not a uh, fossil group. Yeah, no, I'm trying to remember which ones have smartwatches. There's so many under the fossil I was going to say, just start making some up. I bet you'll hit one. <laughs> fossil, Diesel, um, Armani. You know, they they do own, they Fossil, Kate Spade is under Fossil. Then maybe it's just Michael for the Kors. cases. Uh, but, I mean, mm. I, part of the reason I can't remember all the brands for these smartwatches is because we haven't really seen a whole lot of smartwatches from these brands in the last, like, three years. Yeah, well, I'm waiting for Fossil to three. actually... I mean, that is something we should we should probably write about because the post Wear OS 3 marketplace, it just like whatever went on with that update behind the scenes, like killed. And part of it is probably also the fact that like those watches probably were not selling particularly well. But like, God, like it is really dwindled down to like not a lot of choice these days, you know, outside of Samsung and Google. You have Samsung, you have Google and you have the newest mob boy. That's it. Really. I was going to say, yep, those are basically the three. Yeah. And yeah, I like I miss fossil smartwatches. Like, give me new ones. Give me. I want something to break away from just the oh, it's just a generic design that's not too mat or or a masculine design. And fossil and Scoggin could actually get kind of creative and give me something fresh. And I need that because Samsung watches have been the same design for three generations now. The Pixel Watch is the same gener- uh, design for two generations now. I want something fresh and new. And also, Fossil did watch faces the best out of any of these brands. And honestly, 
kind of did support better. Well, that's I mean, because their chargers of, kept breaking. So I was going to say they were support. they were required to have Wrote better support, so that but yeah, you could actually get them repaired. I mean, I remember they just bungled the charger for how many generations? Like three generations. It would just not charge your watch. Like this is not a tech company. Like they they've obviously realized that. It's sad that they weren't able to make a go at it, but I wouldn't be surprised if Fossil announces that they're just leaving the smartwatch game, right? Samsung and Google own Wear OS now. Mobvoi is doing its thing. I don't know what it's doing, but it's it's still in the game, sort of. But I would not be surprised if within a year, Fossil is like, nope, I'm good. We're, we're done. Didn't Google buy a bunch of Fossil's smartwatch patents yeah which is part of why i want fossil to actually like come and make smartwatches fun again and the rest of me is like that's never gonna happen you know xiaomi is releasing a snapdragon w5 plus powered wear os device called the watch s2 pro i believe it's been announced or rumored or whatever it's not gonna come to the u.s but it's happening like it's basically the most powerful smartwatch on the market right now so you're you're saying the the wearable market is about to become like the android market where all of us are just like looking through a window being like look at all the weird innovation we could have <laughs> oh well yeah <laughs> like, i mean don't you remember when oppo released a wear os watch that looked exactly like an apple watch and everybody freaked out because it was actually pretty good yeah, I, <laughs> I, I still have that nobody watch. used it mm. oh you you got one yeah i think i have one because it was a big rectangular ish display so it fit horribly on my wrist but yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Clearly, you use it a lot. I think I wore it for like, <laughs> I don't even know if I wore it for an entire month before I went back to one of my others. Uh, talking of Fitbit, we have learned that the Fitbit Charge 6 is going to be available in late September. Fitbit has released a teaser saying that yeah. is the coming... Fitbit going to be available in September? I thought they were just like announced to announce. Or they're announcing right? something. They're announcing something they're and the Charge 6 has leaked, which... I don't know. It's been two years. According to a site called AndroidPolice.com. I don't know if it's reputable. I don't know if they're telling the truth here. It could just be bullshit. But there have been Charge 6 leaks. I mean, the Charge is the most popular Fitbit tracker there is, right? Yeah. This is their tracker that tries to be a little bit like a smartwatch, but it's priced like a tracker. And on Android, at least, it's a pretty good experience. You get like quick replies and things like that. Once you can get used to it not having a button. Which oh, hopefully God. the six will fix, because I'm sorry, but that on the five is just terrible. Yeah, I stopped even trying to use Fitbits after they got rid of buttons. Uh, yeah, it's a whole thing. No, I mean, yeah, they're rumored to bring back a button. The other rumors include map support, YouTube music support. It's kind of what you would expect from a, a Charge 6 under Google, basically, right? Oh, like better integration, you know. I'll mm -hmm. be curious to see, uh, is Fitbit Wallet even around anymore or whatever it was called i don't know no. No, they, sh they shut that down i think they transitioned it to google Wallet. okay so it should have google wallet support i would hope i remember when i reviewed the charge 5 and i like tried to put it, i literally fitbit wallet didn't support a single one of my cards i was like okay this is just useless even in the u.s where they had like 400,000 banks like none of the big banks supported fitbit no no it was pathetic to be honest but yeah i mean i mean it, you know that didn't i didn't give it like a bad rating because of that i think i gave i gave it a seven two years ago it's it was a fine tracker i don't I, just, I don't know i find it so hard to get excited about fitness trackers samsung watches go on sale so quick especially if you don't mind buying older hardware or even honestly if you just wait a few months like you could get the watch six for not that much more than what a fitbit 
costs. Like, I don't know. It's just tough to not everyone wants the like full watch experience, but like for how much it can do. Now, that said, if it has maps and it has YouTube music and it has payments like that might be good enough for most people. But yeah, I don't know. Charge six probably coming next week. Yeah, it's it's really hard to get excited about anything that Fitbit the company releases anymore, especially because you don't know if Google is just going to kill the whole line at some point, which it might because it does that and just bring all of the Fitbit software and make Fitbit a software brand within the Pixel Watch ecosystem. I actually know they're going to do that. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know for sure. Like, I don't have insider information. I just know Google and I know they're going to do this at some point. Like, it's it's inevitable that Fitbit dies as a brand and they absorb them and, and... you know, I, maybe they, I'm not they, sure about that. Well, when I say, OK, so? not as a brand, as a company. So like it'll be kind of like if no, but even then, I mean, granted, it's been a long time since Google acquired Fitbit, but there are definitely enough people who use Fitbit just like as a fitness tracker. And there are plenty matter. of those people on iPhone as well. And if Fitbits go away and it's just the Pixel Watch, Fitbit loses out on that entire market. I I just don't know like I don't know if there is much of a market there anymore. Yeah. That's the thing, right? Is like I don't put it past Google to release a cheaper A series Pixel Watch at some point, which replaces a Fitbit tracker, right? You release it at one ninety nine or even one fifty if you can get the BOM down. I, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. The Fitbit tracker market is still limping along, but it has been surpassed by smartwatches. I think the main benefit of trackers and Fitbits in general is the battery life, right? And that's something that Wear OS will never really fix. But I think as people have been trained to charge their watches every day, that complaint may just become ignored. I don't know if it's necessary to do that. But yeah, there's a, there, there are some people who wear their Fitbits just to count steps. It's not necessarily a hardcore exercise tracker. There's still a market for it, but it doesn't mean Google won't kill that market. Like That's Google. That's what it does. I want to hear from people. This has been good so far. I've actually been receiving emails from our listeners when I ask questions, so I'm going to shoot my shot again. If anybody listening wears a Fitbit over a smartwatch, doesn't matter what kind of Fitbit, it could be a dinky tracker or it could be the Sense, but if you wear a Fitbit, I want to hear from you. Why do you wear it? Why have you not moved into a more traditional smartwatch? What about the Fitbit ecosystem is keeping you there? And does the fact that Google owns it now actually impact your decision to stay or leave? So it's a two-part question. That's your homework, folks. Okay, let's move on. Amazon. So Amazon released, as it does every year, just a I want. I mean, I want to say fuckload because it was a fuckload of things, but it wasn't as many. No, because they spent half is. of it talking about Alexa. Because of course they did. Yeah. So yeah. we'll run us through these products, and then we'll we'll talk about a few specific ones. Yeah. I so so it was a weird. Daniel, did you watch it? You you were probably busy, right? I did not. I watched um, the beginning of okay. it, but then I got roped into a meeting, and honestly, I was just trying to keep track of like what they were announcing that was like a generic, hey, this is coming to other Alexa-powered products, yeah. or this is actually a new thing that we're going to release to the market. Yeah. 
So, uh, hey, we're going to say the A word a bunch in this segment. Like, Asshole. Yep, yeah, I was one. about to say. <laughs> you got to specify with your A, a curse words. <laughs> yeah, we're going to say the word that wakes up all of your Amazon branded smart speakers in this uh, segment. So maybe just mute those. Sorry about that. Just say it out loud once so they know and they can go pause it before we actually get started talking. Hey, Alexa. It started like a normal one of these. And for people who maybe have never, because it is a closed event, like they don't live stream this on YouTube the way like Apple or Google does. Like, like it's not like. But they live blog it. The live blog is available to everybody. They do live blog it But you can't watch the video unless you press. That's not even true. I just want to like, this is even more You're right, you're right. It is just a URL. If someone gives you the URL, all you have to do is go and type your name and then make up a publication and you can watch. Like what? Amazon? It's very stupid. Amazon creates a custom domain we're not going to say the domain no. but they create a custom domain it's just the video they give it to press but there's no password no nothing no no and then you just get to watch the live stream it's crazy yeah, it's, well, it's I very also stupid. just don't understand not publicly streaming your new product announcements considering that is what your entire the rest of the market does this like apple and google have these huge events and amazon's just like oh no we're we're only going to show it to the press teehee it makes zero sense. It, I agree. People will not get as excited if there's not like a video or an event or something that like generates buzz because otherwise all the news events are just going to be like, oh, hey, this thing released as if it was just a press release. Really, no. guys? Yeah. To be fair, I'm not sure this was an event getting particularly excited about. But so usually how these work is we get this URL and then we watch it. There's no briefing beforehand. There's no press kit. So the reason that you'll see every website no matter the size, like all posting the stuff at like kind of different time, like within 20 minutes of each other or whatever, like who gets it up first is because like literally no one has insider information on this stuff for whatever reason, like Amazon holds it close to their chest. I guess so that when they announce their next microwave, they can blow us away. Usually they take the stage and it is literally just a barrage of like 15 to 20 different hardware products. Some of them you expect like a new, I don't know, Echo Show 8, and some of them are like the microwave where you're like, or like the, remember the clock, like the wall clock. And it's like, wait, what? They, they announced what? And so like, that's usually how this goes today or, or this week, I should say it started normal. They were like echo show eight, third gen. Here we go. It's got spatial audio. It's got the webcam moved. It's got like a better home screen kind of like it changes when you walk up to it, like the Nesta max or whatever. All this stuff. And then they, you're like, okay, there's the first product. What's the next product? And they're like, well, we're going to take 15 minutes to talk about Alexa. And it was, it, the pacing was like all over the place where they like talk about Alexa with generative AI because of course they did. And then they announced like two more products and then they went back to Alexa. It was just like all over the place. And then finally, like 45 minutes in, they start doing the barrage of gadgets. And you're like, wait, I, I genuinely thought we were not going to do it this year. Like I thought like maybe you guys just don't have anything. So I don't know. It was just a no, really weird. I mean, they always start low and slow. And then at the end, it's but just like, oh, here's everything in ne- a space of 10 Usually minutes. it's just everything. Like it's just like one, two, three, four. Like this time it was like, we're going to stop for genuinely like 15 minutes and just kind of talk about. But Alexa. Apple did the same thing yeah. when they talked about climate. Yes. Very similar where you're like just throwing the brakes on. And that's fine. Like, I don't think this was a particularly exciting event. So, like, to sum it up, I mentioned the Echo Show 8 already. They refreshed the Fire TV 4K and 4K Max. They're 5 to $10 more expensive than their last-gen models. Faster networking, faster processors. Once again, you should just buy the Max. It's $10 more. Just buy the Max. 
I still don't fully understand why the 4K exists anymore. They made a soundbar, a $120 soundbar that is Fire TV branded, but does not have the OS on it. It just works with Fire TV products, which is a weird, but okay. Like it's probably sounds better than your built in, like than the speakers on the $300 Fire TV you have. So grab that as an upgrade, I guess. There's some new like ring products. There's a ring stick up cam pro. It's got like radar sensors, I think. Oh, speaking of Alexa, there's like an emergency assist thing that costs $6 a month or 60 a year that will call 911 for you. It's a lot of money for that feature, but I guess some people might find it useful or, you know, maybe if you want to give it to your parents or grandparents, like so that they have it and you just want to, you know, whatever, cover the bill or whatever. There's some echo frames. I genuinely hang on. But before before we move on there, like Alexa guard exists. Right. And there's maybe guard I can't keep and track I'm, anymore. <laughs> I'm trying to understand the difference here. And I'm OK. So there, there's Guard Plus and then there's this 911 thing that's six bucks a month. But if you already have Guard Plus, it's an extra one dollar a month, I think. Like I'm trying to understand because Guard Plus already lets you call emergencies, but it's not 911. I think. Do you call? No, it's the equivalent of like the ADT or yeah, whatnot. That's it's what I was the live say. monitoring. Okay, so it's it's like home monitoring rather yeah. than actual nine. And this one is okay. actually, or no, this one is still a stand-in person. So like, it contacts it contacts a person, and the, a person the person who contacts, decides who needs exactly to be contacted. That's exactly what Guard Plus is. So I don't what? know, dude. I don't, I don't know. know. So Maybe they forgot about. Like, I forgot about Guard Plus. I don't remember this at they all. They mentioned it in the press release. <laughs> all right. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what Amazon's doing anymore. Anyway, but like a lot of this is like, oh, sure, I guess like that's how I feel about the Echo Frames. I genuinely forgot those existed. And then they're like, there's new ones. And I was like, "Okay, sure. Did people buy the old ones? Uh, Probably not. Someone will, I guess. And then there's new Eero Wi-Fi 7 routers. And I feel like this is all we were kind of building up to because nothing else is really worth talking about. But like, I know Daniel has thoughts on these. So uh, look, I, I just routers. Back in the day when it was like 802.11b <laughs> and then 802.11g. Cla- oh, that's where I got started. G, classic. G. So, yeah, I'm old enough to have started with before G. Uh, a router would be 100 bucks, right? It, would, it was like the blue Linksys router. It just works. You didn't have to worry about it. It was reliable. You put tomato on it, like, you know, whatever it's called, tomato RT or whatever. Uh, you, you tweak it to your heart's desire if you wanted to. It was great, right? Homes were smaller for some reason. Like you didn't <laughs> it was so quaint. Peters. Everybody lived in hobbit holes. Yeah, uh, we all had three devices amazing. total per household. Like that's yeah. also yeah. true. You didn't have 150 Wi-Fi connected devices, and then repeaters started entering the market, and then eventually got replaced by mesh systems with N and now Wi-Fi 6 and 6E, and now we're at 7. Wi-Fi 7 is not even a finished standard yet. It is still being finalized. So this is a 7-compatible spec, essentially. If you weren't following along, because I don't even think Android Police reported on it, but Qualcomm made a big Wi-Fi 7 announcement this week. They held an event last week called Wi-Fi they, Day. They did. I did not. I did not report on it. San Diego. That, you know, well, I wasn't invited to Wi-Fi Day, so that's that's really on them. But <laughs> yeah, I don't think you would have written about it even if you no. Were, I this is no. super esoteric. They announced this thing called. It was. It was. It sounds like um, 5G, 4K, and AI, <laughs> like that kind of thing. But it was. 
10G Wi-Fi 7. So it's like 10 gigabit fiber in, and then it it's a, in, in a single box, it spits out Wi-Fi 7. So they created this, essentially a base station that they're selling to ISPs, and they have the chips that go into Eros and Netgear routers that powers the Wi-Fi 7 part, but they've also now created the backhaul part to take in up to 10 gigabit fiber, and they're selling this as a standalone package to anybody who wants it, you know, mostly ISPs. So that was their big announcement, and their whole thing is they've created this new ability to break up types of traffic into specific services. So it's basically QoS plus. You have this ability to identify that uh, gaming traffic needs to be prioritized over regular traffic, and it basically puts things into channel buckets and it prioritizes them and distributes them properly over Wi-Fi 7, right? So this is the Qualcomm backhaul part. And then this week, Netgear and Eero both announce expensive Wi-Fi 7 routers that presumably have Qualcomm chips in them. Eero for sure uses Qualcomm. And this is a $600 router for a single base station, $600 for the one pack, $1150 for the two pack, and $1,700 for the three pack. So just an enormous amount of money to spend if you want to use this as a mesh system. Now, you probably don't need three base stations for this because the signal strength is much higher, is better. The, the, the individual base stations are larger, they have better antennas, they have just more ports in general. There are two 10 gigabit ports and two 2.5 gigabit ports. Wi-Fi 7 itself allows you to you know, send your signal further, uh, propagates better, it uses a whole bunch of channel mixing. Like there's just a whole bunch of cool stuff inside Wi-Fi 7. But our friend Phil Nickinson, who now works at Digital Trends, wrote a really good piece that we'll link in the show notes talking about how no sane human needs to spend seven six hundred dollars on a router, right? And obviously, this is the beginning of a new generation. Wi-Fi 6, Wi-Fi 6E was also very expensive when it launched and it dropped in price pretty quickly. But even early adopters don't really need to spend $600 for a single base station. Uh, and, and just like Eero is smoking something if it thinks that people are gonna spend $1,700 on a three-pack of a Wi-Fi 7 router with a standard that is not even finalized yet. Yeah, 100%. That just boggles my but mind. But like anyone who's gonna buy this is also like literally living in a mansion and they're gonna be like $1,700. Like, that's nothing. I lose that every day out of my pocket when I'm walking through the city or whatever with, I don't know. They're very you rich. Need better po- you need better I pay. I play that on gotcha well, games in a week. <laughs> yeah, that kind sure. of mentality. Yeah. It's, it's mobile, mobile right. game whales. Okay? Are gonna no, no, I'm not. <laughs> Genshin Impact addict here. <laughs> no, no, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Webtoon addict, which is a total different thing. I thought yeah. you said Webtoon addict for a second. Webtoon. I was like, I guess we all kind of are. I are. am a Webtoon addict. Let's be, let's be very I'm trying not here. to go full weeb here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think there's just something, there's a disconnect, right? And I was talking to a friend about this yesterday. We took a long time to get people to think about phones as being $1,000 objects, right? And it took a long time to get there. It was a year-over-year slow iteration, and then those are still largely subsidized. But when you see a router at $1,700, you're just going to balk at it and, and ignore it because there are obviously cheaper options. But I also think this is 
more in line with like an 8K television, right? You could buy an 8K television today. You could have bought one two years ago. It would have been $10,000 and there was no content to run on it. But eventually the price drops, more content is made for 8K and it becomes the norm. That's still a couple of years away, but the same will be for Wi-Fi 7. And I think this person who I was talking to, who's in the industry, rightfully pointed out that like you don't replace your routers very often no. anymore. And I mean, and that's assuming that you actually use your own router and you're not using one that your ISP provides. Like, yeah. I have a router. Granted, it's from like 2014, 2015, but I haven't taken it out of the box in five years because uh, once I moved to Florida, Spectrum provided a router. And if I don't use Spectrum's router, I don't get any like troubleshooting or service on my internet. That's it. That's the other part yeah. too, is that Qualcomm, their whole thing was like, they understand the boxes that ISPs provide are garbage. Most of them are terrible. And what they're trying to do is convince ISPs to buy higher quality modem router combos that are built on this Qualcomm template, 10G Wi-Fi 7 design that then gets rebranded as Spectrum or Comcast or whatever. And that's what they give to customers. They can obviously charge money for those modems because they're pricey, but that would be a good solution. But most of the boxes that ISPs sell are bad. And the one that I have doesn't even allow my modem to turn off the router features entirely. So it can't just turn into a regular bridge and let my router take over operations completely. It doesn't get the IP. You can't pass along the WAN address, the WAN IP address to the router in this case. So my router is essentially an internal device on my modem's network. So it's, it's got a 192 address, which is not great when you're trying to pass traffic along to it for accessing your network from outside of your house through the internet. Lots of issues with that. I mean, I'm on Bell. If anybody's on Bell Canada here, they probably know just how bad Five is. But most people in the US and Canada don't get a lot of options. They get one or two ISPs in their area, and they really have no choice about the modem that they get. If they want fiber, there's usually one option. If they want cable, there's usually one option. So this is just adding insult to injury. Well, for cable, you usually have a couple of options because you have cable and satellite. But can your providers, are you allowed to buy your own modem? Like, are you allowed to replace the modem that your ISPs give you? Can yeah, when I had Spectrum, yeah. I did. I Because it was... Yeah, they allow was, you to replace them. Yeah. Like, the only thing for... Uh, like, when I moved into this apartment, I had a lot of connection issues and it wasn't anything inside of my apartment. It was uh, something between my apartment and, like, the box at the road. But yeah, in order to get like their full like troubleshooting, whatever, it had to be their equipment. So yeah, it's just messy. But the equipment was also free. So well, it's free. I mean, it's not free. They just charge you more per no, month. Well, it it was included. Like I'm not getting an extra however many dollars tacked on at the end. Right. Sure. Okay. Fine. But they bake that into the price of your service. Oh, absolutely. Is what I'm, is what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. So Aero Max Seven, expensive, insane, coming later this year. Fire Sticks, Echo Show 8, you mentioned already, Fire TV Soundbar, that's all good. Wait, can we Faster? back up to the Fire Sticks for a quick second? Sure. <laughs> you have to? Sure. The, well, okay. the only, I, I don't even necessarily want to talk about the Fire Stick upgrades other than to just say that at least Amazon is upgrading the Fire Sticks in marginal ways and trying to make sure. things better. 
And yeah, the Chromecast with true. Google TV, we have not seen an upgrade yeah. since 2020. Yeah, I pointed and this out. it really out. needs to happen. <sighs> you brought this up in Slack this week, and I pointed out that, like, yep, you're right. The Chromecast came out in 2020, and the first-gen Fire TV Max came out in 2021. And so we are now, like, there have been two iterations of the Fire TV. I'm going to mess up the name. Fire TV Stick 4K Max since the last like, 4K Chromecast. 100%. Here's what I want to know. Why does Amazon give you a Fire TV Stick 4K and a 4K Max? This is what I'm saying. No one should buy the 4K. It is a $10 difference at full price. Both of these will go on sale for Black Friday. Probably probably not for their sale next month, but for Black oh, Friday. These will go on sale before Friday. I don't think these are going to... These are not out yet. I don't think they're going to get discounted for their October thing, but they will get discounted no, no, no. for Black it'll Friday. Just be, it'll be clearance deals on all of the current models. They already Fridays. did. They were already sold out of the 4K Max. Really? The first gen one. Yes. It was unavailable for like a month on their website. It just doesn't make sense, right? Like you said, there's $10 difference between them. One has Wi-Fi 6 support. One has Wi-Fi 6E support. One has slightly more storage. One has a slightly faster processor. Like, what do you, what? Like, one has a 1.7 gigahertz quad core. One has a two gigahertz quad core. How are you competing on specs with a streaming stick? It just does not. It, right. Just buy, just buy, like the 4K should not exist. Just buy them. But it, it, it exists so that people will see the 4K Max as a, Oh, a cheap upgrade. Sure, right? it, but it is. I mean, it is only $10 more, like genuinely for 60 bucks. This is bucks. such an Amazon strategy. Absolutely, but like it works. I mean, even the whole lineup, I mean, the light at full price starts at 30. So you're talking about from the most basic model you can buy right now to the most expensive. It's a $30 range and there's four models in there. Well, and then there's the cube. The cube doesn't exist. You can't tell yeah, me the cube exists. Who buys that anymore? No, the cube does not exist. I don't really understand why they still have that. Like, I know it exists, but like, have you ever seen one in the wild? I think if you buy it, that like <laughs> Jeff Bezos appears on your screen. It's like, all right, you got us. Like, we don't we don't make this uh, slightly faster Fire HD 10, which I guess matches the Fire HD 11 or Fire Max 11 that was announced. It was just a kid's year. version. And there's a Fire HD 10 kids version as well that's been updated. Yeah. But the 11 was is, but is that's not the new. thing we we didn't get an updated fire hd 10 this yeah year. it's just the kids it's just the kids one that got updated which yeah. to, to which i was like what? did y'all upgrade the kids tablet but just forget to release the new like regular tablet genuinely daniel they only talked about the. they the only kids talked version. about the kids one no, there's a new Fire HD 10. It's up for pre-order right now. It's oh, $140. Maybe they put it on after, about... but they, they did not talk about it in that event. They didn't need to. It's basically <laughs> just a slight, like a minor upgrade. It's but then why talk about the kids one? The ki well, I, whatever. Because that's the one that sells, yeah, maybe? I, guess. I don't know. But there's definitely a new one. It's coming out later in October. Don't buy it. <laughs> It's my advice to anyone listening. <laughs> that at least mad helps me. Cause tell me you about uh, it. A little bit. Yeah, because me and Dominic were going crazy during that going... Why did they talk about the, where's the regular one? Even then you shouldn't buy, like, like, don't buy, don't buy, I'm over the fire tablet. Don't buy any of the fire tablets. Maybe buy the Max if you really, if you really want to, but probably not. I mean, um, if you want to buy a fire tablet, fine. Just for the love of all that is holy, don't buy one of the ad supported ones. Everyone buy, no one, no one, uh, it defaults to that. Like you have to like, this find, is so bizarre. It's like a hidden menu on their website to like get to and the I mean, Amazon. Granted, didn't you even can, mention. You can get rid of it with a $15 like in-app purchase. You can get still. rid of it with a app on your computer. <laughs> like with that, some, 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 uh, 
ADB commands. Like, mm. yeah. let's 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 uh, let's, let's, let's move on <laughs> from that. Scale yeah. that back. But okay, so I I am looking at a unreleased Fire HD 10 on Amazon's website that's pre up for pre order being released the same day as the Fire HD 10 kids, okay. and yet the company does not even mention the update to the Fire HD 10. Only the 10 kids. Like, yeah, it does. It's not even in their press. That's what release. I'm saying. They didn't. This is news to me because they didn't talk about it anywhere. This is so bizarre to me that they are doing this. I like the covers for the new one, which is a totally me thing to say. Sorry. The covers? Uh, the colors for the like oh, tablet colors. covers. Mm. Got it. I don't, I don't, I, Amazon, what, what are you doing? Anyway, let's not linger. Yeah. yeah. So, the, I mean, a few other small things they announced. I think the Echo Hub is kind of interesting here. So this is a standalone smart home hub that you basically attach to your wall you hang it somewhere near your likely uh in your living room or near your thermostat and it allows you to control your alexa smart home unclear if it will do anything more than that but you can already do this on any you know echo show right but it just this is purpose built for that it's always on it allows you to have your thermostat and your lights and your cameras at your disposal all the time. I genuinely just want this built into a thermostat. Like, I don't want to have two things on the wall. Just build it into a thermostat. Have this also just be a thermostat, and it just hangs where the thermostat used to hang. And That is the correct answer. Thank you. So it supports matter and thread, right, which is interesting. You can basically not just control Amazon products, but once other products are updated with thread support, you can put them into your Amazon smart home, quote unquote, and it'll work. And it's 180 bucks, which is fairly cheap for something like this. And you get power over ethernet if you want to run it through your wall, if you don't wanna have a wire hanging down. But I don't know if a lot of people have that, so they'll likely just need like one cable to power it. I agree with you, though. This should just be a third. I think the issue is that you it, it wouldn't be able to be powered by the thermostat wires. Yeah. So you would still need another power cable. I'll figure. I'll I'll drill into my wall. Let's do it. I'll do it. I, but then you then then like what's the difference? I don't think I have a C wire you know? anyway. I think I'd have to. Oh yeah, adding a C wire to my yeah. thermostat was was fun. Yeah. No, I'm I am fairly certain that my house does not have a have a C wire. So. Other than that, I, I do want to talk a little bit about the LLM addition to Alexa itself. So the company talked a lot about how there's this new feature that's coming out called Alexa Let's Chat. And basically when you say that, it will activate a conversation mode. So like on Nest Hub or something that is in conversation mode, it allows you to continue talking after you get an answer. It doesn't just shut off and you have to say Alexa again. So not only that, but you'll be able to ask it these sorts of conversational questions, the semantic terminology that normally today it might trip up an Alexa speaker, right? And they're bringing this all the way back to the original Alexa from 2014, apparently, which is remarkable that they can do well, that. Well, I mean, it's just the language model. So it's just updating a database. It's not doing anything on the actual speaker, except, uh, except for the ones that it will be like, oh, well, this can be like entirely controlled from the speaker, which I don't think that portion of it was going all the way back to the original. Yeah, I mean, there are some aspects of it that will, but I, I mean, it's it's 
what I'm saying is that this will benefit everybody if it's actually good. There's a bunch of accessibility features as well, including eye gaze mode, which will allow you to look at something on the screen on a compatible tablet, the Fire Max 11 tablet, but it will be rolling out to other Amazon products in the, in the future. Live call translation is also coming. As we talked about earlier, emergency assist, which is six bucks a month, $60 a year, and Guard Plus customers will instead get access to it for $4.99. Okay, I don't get that. Why is it an additional we, five we cannot We cannot linger on this anymore. <laughs> I can't. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so confused. Um, but then there's all this other stuff that you'll be able to basically create routines by talking to Alexa. So you'll say, hey, Alexa, create a Monday morning routine where you turn on my office lights and start the coffee maker and raise the blinds and get my playlist going. And this is where I get stuck, right? Whether or not Alexa or any other assistant is capable of having a conversation by just scraping an internet's worth of data and turning it into an LLM, this is not how I want to ever talk to a computer, right? We've tried this. We've had this for almost a decade now, right? Alexa is almost 10 years old. We have tried this. And whether or not an LLM is on, is available to augment the conversation experience, I just don't think people want to talk to their computers like this. And I don't know if this will change it, right? We know that an LLM will likely be added to whatever version of Google Assistant is coming next. And Google's will likely be better than Amazon's. But I just don't think this is it. All I really want to do is give specific commands to control things. Or, you know, maybe I'm asking about the weather or something. But, like, all I really want to say is, like, lights and have it just, like, kind of know what I mean somehow. Like, that's the dream is just, like, the shortest, briefest command possible with absolutely no response. Like, that's all I... Like, I don't want to hear... I do not use assistant very often because... On on the couple, well, there's like we this house has like ten unplugged home minis right now because they they used to give them out for free, like candy. But the Nest Hub Max in my kitchen, like I very rarely use it for voice commands because like half the time it's like okay, turning off the lights. By the way, did you know that you can? And I'm like, I don't. You are saying way too much right now to me already. I do not know. I do. I do not care. I even turning off the lights, I do not need you to confirm that. Just turn them off. And and I know that like they've made progress on that stuff, but like all of that stuff is just like way too much. I'm like, I just want you to do the thing I asked with like basically no feedback. And like a big example of their improved Alexa was like, you would just want to have someone to talk to. And I'm like, no, not like yeah, like yes, but like not a robot. Like not like not Alexa. Like real people. Like I do not want like I'm looking at you want like, it to hook you up with you you want it to be uh what was that thing where you would like get hooked up with a random person oh my god on over video omegle uh, no it oh was, no I know what you're, you're talking, talking about, about mostly mostly because I could never use it because I was just like this thing is just rife with like abuse and I have no sexual. idea yeah I mean it was it was it may, mainly just turned into like guys showing their dicks oh chat roulette women but yeah. like Chat roulette. There you go. Oh, like you yeah. want it to be chat roulette, but for people, you just want it to hook you up with a random person. Yeah. No. 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 I. Like, I. I no. Have a conversation no. No. I don't you. want that either. I want to like have friends in the real world. <laughs> I want to uh, like. Who knows? This could be your new. Oh best friend. God. No, but I, I think like that's the issue here, right? It's 
as well as an LLM can get at emulating a conversation, it just feels artificial. And it feels not necessarily artificial in like what you're saying, but you as a human are keenly aware of the artifice that is happening, that you are pretending to talk to a real person and you are emulating the rhythms of a conversation with a machine in order to trick yourself that there is something more fulfilling about the cadence and the language that you're using because it is able to pull more from actual conversations and respond to you in a way that a human might choose to respond to you. But it's still not a real person. And this is what I'm trying to get my head around, is that companies like Amazon and Google are taking the immense depths of the internet and trying to turn it into not just better information faster, like a search engine, but more human interaction. They're trying to anthropomorphize AI. And it's not what people want. I think ChatGPT was so interesting to people because it solved a problem that Google search can't do or didn't do yeah. until recently. And putting an LLM in, a, in an assistant is the opposite of that. It complicates what you're trying to get out of this assistant, right? Like, absolutely, if you want to create a routine because you can more easily converse with Alexa and it will understand your nuances better, that's fine. But this is Amazon being like, yo, Will, like, I heard the Buffalo Bills lost okay, on Friday. Okay. Are you For doing real, okay? Daniel, you didn't watch, but like, that was their demo was football. Like, yeah, like, it was it, for, it was Seattle and the Twins. Oh, I man. saw all that. Like, okay, you did see I'm, that. That's what I'm worried about. Okay, but like, like, like this is gross. Also, by the way, the demo screwed up on stage twice, and I just I want to in a in a world where like a, a lot of this is pre-recorded now. I just want to say I love that. I loved it so much. Um, <laughs> but like, no, like they did the same. They both on stage and then in a pre-roll that they showed, like had Alexa be like, "I'm from Seattle, go Seahawks," and I'm like, I don't like that. Doesn't okay sure whatever but it was this whole conversation about how geno smith performed last week for your fantasy team and guess what i have geno smith on my fantasy team i know how he performed i can open the app and see that without a robot talking to me about it but like this was what they chose as their demo for how you could have a conversation about football with alexa and i'm like i am a football fan hello it's me the guy who writes at android there's now like three of us at android please who like football i'm one of them and I was like, I would get nothing out of this. Like, I, maybe if you're live checking sports scores, but like, you could already do that. Right. It's more like they want to console you when your team loses. They want you to feel better. And I'm going to need that because Josh Allen is probably cooked. But like, I, I you know, like, I, I'm not going to turn I mean, to It's going to do a better job talking to you about football than me. Yeah. But that's not a replacement for me learning football so that, I, sure. that you and I can be better friends, right? <laughs> like, that's that's the thing is that... I don't want an assistant to fill a hole in my heart at the behest of Amazon in order to make me more comfortable ordering diapers off of Alexa, right? Like that's right. a cynical stance right. on this. And, yeah. and sure, people are going to come to that conclusion. But I also think something that um, the Amazon uh, executive, uh, Lim, what was his name? On stage, Dave Lim. Yeah, Lim. So when Dave Lim went up on stage and he's saying how people want their assistants to have an opinion and personality. They want them to empathize. They want them to be more like their buddies. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, we talked about Ibo last week and how people 
form these attachments to robots. But I don't ever think this is going to be a her situation where it's going to be a customized AI just for you. You know, you're going to eventually fall in love with it and want to marry it, and then it's going to disappear into the ether with the other AI. I've never loved anyone the way I love you. Me too. I was going to say, do you guys get the feeling that all of these execs watched like half of her, but then they turned it off? <laughs> they were like, we got, yeah. we know, we know what we're doing. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I think some of them might have watched the same cartoons growing up as I did. But, maybe. Because uh, I mean, like the, whenever I see anything like this, I'm like, just just give me that much closer to a net navi who can sass me when I'm not getting my shit done on time but, and but remind like, me to actually take breaks. Mm. The, the ending of her is literally like, <laughs> turns out human connection was important. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's not it's not all we needed were robots it's like all the like daniel said spoilers i guess for a 10 year old spike jones movie but all the ais leave they leave because yeah. they can't handle like they're too advanced yeah. but the other part of it too is i don't trust companies like google to maintain the investment in this you know let's go back to ibo right like you have how many of these anthropomorphic robots that have been released over the last year, not just or last few years, not necessarily just from Sony, but like, what was that other humanoid-like robot that Michael Fisher loved? I, I forget the name. This is a Google Home. I use it almost every day, but I don't really care about it. Same goes for my Amazon Echo. It's useful, but I have no emotional bond with Alexa. These are tools, nothing more. This is a collection of the same basic components. Processor, speakers, microphone. But Jibo was made to be a companion. And for all the things he failed at, it's only in saying goodbye to Jibo that we realize his greatest success. He made a couple videos about it. A lot of people really enjoyed it. That also got shut down. And Ibo's cloud services get shut down. Like, I don't want to take for granted that in a generation from now, my grandkid who's three years old is going to grow attached to a robot that's then going to get disconnected from the internet. And we're going to have to explain that, no, I'm sorry, Ibo 5, it's not that the batteries ran out and I can just replace it, but that the company that created this AI pulled the investment and the servers are disconnected and you can't play with it anymore. Oscar, enlighten me. Why try to disassemble Johnny Five? Like, I just, this is, these are businesses. There have to be profit goals that if aren't, they're not met, they're going to pull back on that investment. And the closer you try to make these into people replacements, the more we have to figure out as parents and as users and as advisors, like, are we actually going to recommend people put time and effort into customizing these experiences and forming attachments to them? And maybe this is just the start, but I don't like where this is going, you know? No, I I had the same, they kept pushing of like, you know, they had execs on stage who were like, oh, my kids don't know a world without Alexa. They ask Alexa things all the time. Like, that's all they do. And I'm like, that feels dark. I don't like that. I'm not loving the world where they're just like, that's just, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's like old man yells at cloud or whatever. Cause I'm, you know, the ancient age of 28 now, but I don't know. No, but, but like for real, like I don't like the vibe of like, 
my kids are reliant on Alexa to do like basic. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know, man. But as like, I wasn't that worried about it when Alexa was just a dumb call. Sure, but now it's like Alexa's your kid's only friend. They're not going outside (laughs) anymore to play. No, 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 no. That's not that's not what's happening here. But like, (laughs) I mean, I'll I'll give you a very quick example, right? Like, we have a Nest Hub Max in our living room. It's as dumb as bricks, right? It doesn't do anything. It takes 20 seconds to respond to you because it's so old. Correct. But when I ask Google Assistant to play Sesame Street songs, my son will stop everything he's doing because the second the assistant responds, playing Sesame Street on YouTube music, he ju- he's entranced. And he goes over to the speaker. And now that he's a bit older, he tries to like physically communicate with the person who's talking to him. Sure. and. This is obviously just performing a function. She, she, it is just responding. We're about to play the song, and that's it. That's the only interaction they're going to have together. But is this kid growing up with the idea that there's a person inside the speaker, and that eventually they're going to, you know, form a bond, and he's going to ask the assistant to play whatever he wants when he can do that? And I, I don't know. I mean, I'm. I'm not, this didn't happen with my daughter. Like she's fine. She has a, an appropriate relationship with voice assistants. But, you know, if you're bringing a kid into the world now when LLMs are being added and you could just have a conversation, what is that going to look like in five years? And I don't know. That's, that's well, something this is, that I'm That's the future that, that they're pushing between, I mean, they literally announced like new Echo, what are they called? I forget what, what are the pops, right? Echo pops? Yeah. Mm. Uh, that are like Disney and, and Marvel branded. Like, like they're very much like, give your kid one of these and they'll talk to Alexa for hours on end. And it's, I just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've shied away from having any sort of like story time with Google Assistant yeah. or Alexa. Like I don't. I don't want that. No. Well, first of all, any kind of story time should be you and your kid with a book so that way you can teach right. them reading skills. Right. Absolutely. But like, look, let's be real. Like I, you have, there's lots of families in the world where this is a great way to put your kid in a room for five minutes while you're cleaning or feeding the other kids or doing something like God knows I've sat my daughter in front of an iPad for hours before when she's sick and I need to work. Like, there's, there are things you got to do to get through a day. And I would never judge a parent for putting their four-year-old in front of an Echo Pop and having it play a bunch of Disney-branded podcasts for them in order to do something else safely in the house, right? Like, I'm not in a position to judge anybody here. I'm just saying the more Alexa and Google Assistant benefit from LLMs, the more they're going to sound like people. And I don't know if I want that for my kids. It's not, it's not even about me being scared of them thinking that it's a person. And it's not even that I'm inherently afraid of them forming a bond with something that's not real. I mean, like, obviously kids form bonds with stuffed animals and they have, you know, they, they make it, it, up It's the corporate the side of it, I think. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just the gross, yes. like, they're getting their hooks in in some way that, like, just feels artificial to me that I... I'm not sure I'm ready for, but again, like we, we were not when, when Google assistant and Siri and Alexa and Bixby and all them were just kind of coming up. Like, I think people must've had the same feelings about their very existence 10 years ago. 
uh, and we've gotten used to them pretty quickly. So can I say one final thing here, uh, yeah. which is uh, mostly a question for you, Will, but possibly could be a thing for you to try, Daniel. Um, for Google Assistant, do y'all have the speech output set to full or do y'all use concise? I genuinely have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. Because, yeah, like, I, I don't like Assistant talking to me, like, in as long of a phrase as either. I want to, like, minimize the amount of time it's talking. So in the Google app, it's not under assistant, it's under voice, but they have the Well, uh, this is the problem is that all this shit is hidden, right? Like, Oh, no, I, it absolutely I, is. But I do wonder if when you change that setting, your opinion might improve because it's not being y- quite yes. as intrusive. And for you, Daniel, if the assistant is speaking less, I'm wondering whether or not your son would start to understand like, oh, it's not necessarily a person. It's just some entity, unseen entity speaking. But I'm not even concerned. Like, I'm... At that point where he's old enough to understand what I'm saying, I'm fairly sure I can explain to him that there's no woman in the speaker and that he will grok what I'm meaning here. But it's just more, I think it's an unease that I cannot quite shake that the intentions on the surface are good. Here's this easier way to converse with a machine to get more done and to fill your life in a way that we couldn't before. And there's a subversive element that I can't quite articulate beyond just it's a cynical cash grab by a massive corporation in order to sell me more things. But that just feels obvious. But to me, the addition of an LLM to a voice assistant, which is the obvious direction that we knew this was going to go in when they launched a few years ago, I don't know. There's a darker element to it that I, I just cannot, I can't quite shake. Possibly because I feel like the relationships that we've built with voice assistants have been largely false. They were sold to us as this massive sea change in input, right? Like we would use our voice to control everything, and that never happened. And here we go again. Yeah, absolutely. Really quick, I know we're very long. I just wanted to say to Ara two things. First of all, I kind of knew this was a setting that I either messed up or or couldn't find or whatever. Like for anyone writes in, I should say, um, like I am aware that a lot of that stuff you can turn off. The problem is that is that like I don't have time to dig through. To your point, Ara, like the fact that it's under voice and not like even just finding this stuff is like tricky, and and that's on purpose. They don't want you to like customize that stuff, right? They want it to be like as involved as possible. Well, gosh, it's not like you can just search for how to make assistant talk less. And but have- even that, like, it's it's like I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to use it less, and that's exactly what happened. Is like, oh, yeah. I'm annoyed at this. I'm not going to think. Like, I do not have time in my life. I did when I was in high school and college, and even a little bit after. But like. I am at the point now where like I genuinely don't have time in my life to think about this stuff anymore. It's the same reason I don't mess around with rooting or or even really customizing launchers. I talked about Niagara last week, but like Niagara is like a simplified launcher, if anything. Yeah. So the other thing I was going to say is that I did check on my S23 Ultra and it's set to brief on here. I don't know if that's account wide or device specific, so I'd have to check my Nest Hub Max. But yeah. Okay. Let's move on from Amazon, even though there were other things that we could talk about, including the fact that uh, Amazon's biggest smart home competitor, Google Home, is losing a group calling feature. Yeah, they're losing Zoom support completely, and they're losing... Originally, it sounded like they were losing like complete meat support. Now it's 
more specific to like how you join a meeting or, or stuff like that. It, it's still not great. Go read Chris Waddell's piece uh, on the site. It's 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 uh, it's actually very, it's our most popular piece right now. I just checked uh, on the site. And then also um, um, I called out Rita once already, but uh, at, at Android Authority, go read Rita's piece about Google smart home strategy at Android Authority this week it was both of those were really good, I think. OK. A couple of Android things, Android 14 QPR1, which will be the eventual feature, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, the Pixel feature drop. Feature drop, yeah. thank you. That is will launch in December, the first beta of which is now available. Will, walk us through a few of the changes that were in QPR1, beta 1, and also were found in the code that did not launch. So I think it is first worth highlighting how weird it is to get this QPR1 beta, uh, despite the fact that like Android 14 is still in beta. These usually do not overlap. It is usually stable comes out a week or two passes. It gives enough time for people to leave the beta program if they want to. And then QPR1 beta one comes out like that is the general pattern of the last couple of years and and now people will not be able to leave the beta without having to wipe right, their phone exactly. for another three months i i like it, it was obviously never confirmed but i think it is very clear at this point that the rumors that android 14 was supposed was supposed to be out already and was delayed are like true because i don't know why else you launch qpr1 already without a stable build of android 14 i i it is very weird to me that it is September 22nd as we record this and and there is no sign of, of Android 14. So I'm, I'm assuming Pixel event this at this point. This is the latest a new version of Android has launched since like Lollipop, right? No, no, no. Uh, Android 12 was October. Okay. But that was a huge change. Android 14 is not. Like that was a, yeah. a complete redesign of the operating system and and... and Android 14 needed is, more time to cook and still needed did, more time after being relaunched. Yes, it, it, I would argue it needed about a year <laughs> until Android 13 came out. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, it is odd. You know, we were expecting August and it's like I said, almost October. So happy fall, I guess. But anyway, QPR1, it's got some like honestly pretty interesting stuff that I think maybe should have been in Android 14 to start. But, you know, we'll, we'll have it before the end of the year, hypothetically, although who knows at this point. This is big for me personally, is the ability to force an apps aspect ratio. So like Samsung was already this matters for foldables and for tablets. Like if you read my Pixel fold review, you will see me complaining about this constantly because Samsung, for the most part, forces apps like they just do it for you. And Google was like, I mean, we talked about it in this podcast, we're going to push for devs to like optimize their apps for big screens. And I guess they <laughs> took about three months and then they threw in the towel and said, never mind, you can go do it in the settings menu once QPR1 is live. So Instagram is the most obvious example here, right? There's a ton of wasted space, even more so than other non-optimized apps on the Pixel Fold, if you use it on that inner screen without turning it. And now it just basically overrides it per app. It's still a manual switch. It's still not great, but like it is better than the inability to do it and and to constantly see black space on the eighteen hundred dollar foldable you bought. So I, I yeah, a couple more. There's this uh, webcam uh, feature that I know Michelle is very excited about on Twitter. It's the ability to use your Android phone as a webcam. Like, are you guys into this? I I've I never because I use continuity camera on yeah. my Mac and it is amazing. If you use the rear camera of any phone that's released in the last five years, it will have better quality than 
any webcam you can buy right now. So by that alone, like I use my iPhone to do a news piece for one of the Canadian news stations for something a few weeks ago. And I had my iPhone as my camera. It was using the rear lens of the iPhone 14 Pro. The producer said it was the clearest and cleanest video she had ever seen. I, I, I'm using her words exactly, ever seen from a remote guest. Like most people use their MacBook cameras or a garbage webcam from Logitech and the quality is terrible because we don't, we just take for granted that it's bad. Sorry, I'm just looking at the garbage Logitech webcam on my monitor right now and laughing. It's true. It's so bad. And like there has, there has been a movement like the Opal C1 or something that's like a $400, $500 webcam. What else? There's been a couple like Anchor released a couple of high quality webcams over the last couple of years. But by and large, like even during the pandemic, when people really did need higher quality webcams, it didn't reach the point where you could take for granted it would be as good as a phone. And I think this feature now being available on iOS and Android will make a big difference. You buy a little clamp and a stand and that's it. And it just works, right? Like you don't need anything else. Oh God. And once you got Qi2 in there, you just magnet that right to the top of your monitor. There we go. Hell yes. It's it's really like it was one of those features because you could, on on Mac at least you do it, it it works wirelessly. This will not be wireless from what I can tell. It will not be wireless for now. For now, but yeah, it's not it's not going to be as like let's be honest like it's not going to be as as simple as like that's Apple's whole thing no. right is the ecosystem yeah. and and it's just not going to work as as well as seamlessly on Android but it's still a great feature to have. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. So that there you go and I think just having it there will make for better quality webcams in general, like just being able to use it. You don't have to use it all the time, but if you want to you know, dress up and be nice. Or if you just your... don't need a webcam very often and suddenly you find yourself doing like a remote interview and you're like, well, I don't want to spend yeah, however 60 to $100 on a high-end webcam. Like I, you have your phone, like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. high-end, you know what I mean? Like they obviously get more expensive, but like a, a, you know, one that you would actually buy. Anyway. Yeah, there's a couple other changes. It's, it's it's not anything crazy. You can see your battery cycle count and and settings now on on certain phones. Um, I know some people really worry about their their battery cycles. Although, you know, over the last year that was more of an iPhone issue. Like I don't know what was up with iPhone 14 Pro batteries, but they were not holding charges. There's a new lock screen style because obviously that's kind of a thing with Android 14. Uh, it's called Metro. I don't like how it looks, but I've seen other people who do. So check out Michelle's thread on, on Twitter to see a preview of it. I, It's not for me, but some other people will like it. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's nothing crazy. I would say I would say that that the the aspect ratio things for foldables and tablets is by, by far the biggest change uh, that we've seen so far. Yes, that's that's a good one. Uh, we're also seeing that the redesigned weather app that launched with the Pixel tablet is finally rolling out to more form factors, which is very cool. I like it. I like it, it a looks lot. Yeah, beautiful. Like, I mean, as far as weather apps go, I think it looks beautiful. So, more of this, please. I've always had slight issues with Google's weather app. I don't. It's not really an app. It's just a link to their search. But like, it always like had some quirks with it. But the one that I've used on the Pixel tablet has been just solid so far yeah Yeah. i have to remember that the google weather app exists because i've just been an accuweather user for so long (laughs) yeah i just gave up on third-party weather apps it's a mess personally 
Although the one on iOS is still terrible. So I use another weather app on iOS. All right. There were big additions to Bard this week. I want to talk about this for like just two seconds, but it's worth mentioning that the long-awaited extensions for Gmail, Docs, and Drive, as well as Maps, YouTube, Google Hotels, and Google Flights are now integrated into Bard in all of the regions that it works. Uh, it's still not in Canada, so I've, it, I still have never tried Bard, but I'm hoping one day that'll change. Have you either of you tried this, used it at all? I haven't all? used the extensions, no. To be yeah. honest, I kind of, I have... Like I have access to it. I just kind of forget Bard exists. I don't know if that's uh, part of this is that like the account that Chrome defaults to is not the account that I signed up for Bard with. This is an issue with having multiple Google accounts from, you know, 15, 20 years of being on the Internet or whatever. But um, I don't know. I just I just never think about I'm like, oh, I really need Bard. But uh, yeah, it's cool that it's there. I like the fact that they're expanding it to stuff like hotels and flights like i think uh anyone who's booked travel is like anything to simplify this process would be excellent thank you the ai keeps trucking along well i think it's interesting like we've seen this move into workspace but for now it's gonna cost 30 bucks a month if you want these features inside workspace or microsoft 365 That's so much money whereas Jeez. Now the extensions are built into Bard and it's free, but you still have to go to Bard to do it. So one day when regular consumers are just in Gmail and there's a Google search bar that's essentially hooked up to Bard, that will be where this gets used a lot. But right now, because you actually have to go to Bard and hook up the extensions, I think that's where this uh, roadblock is. I think the search bar like you're explaining, I think that kind of stuff is going to kind of turn people off. They should like try to make some kind of like character out of it. Like, I don't know, like, oh, like, yeah. maybe like a, a paper clip. Shortcut. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, I mean, something, something else metal. Yeah. Um, um, maybe scissors. Scissors. They could just lean into scissors. <laughs> if no, if scissors walked into my Gmail tomorrow and said, "Hey, can, do you need any help?" Or I'll cut you. It's it's this good. Is how you, you know, we've like been, a, it's a been... really aggressive version of Clippy <laughs> <laughs> called like Cuddy or something. On, on a slightly more serious note, there, I would like to see uh, instead of having to like click an icon or something, if you could. Um, like my text expander, if I hit the backspace key twice in a text window in Chrome, it brings up the list of all of my text expander things. If there was some kind of shortcut like that where you could like press a certain key X number of times, it would just and then you could just keep typing whatever your query is for right. Bard and just talk to it without having to even leave the window. I feel like that could be useful. Yeah, but are they going to stick with Bard as a brand, or are they just going to get rid of it and integrate it directly into Probably that all the other services? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Ugh. All right, and that's that's it. I mean, Android 14, or Pixel's got a September up security update. It was it was what it was. No big No big thing there. Other than that, Microsoft had an event. It was extremely weird and sad to see what happened to the Surface line. Oh, my God. Um, it, it genuinely. And I, I think the Surface Go is like a cute laptop. And like all they did was kind of give it like a spec bump. And I was like, oh, there's like actual issues with that laptop you could fix. But OK, I guess I'll just keep ignoring it until you probably kill it at this point. Because uh, uh, Panos left this week, right? That was also this week. 
Yeah, Panos Panay has been rumored to, that he's left Microsoft, but it's rumored that he's moving to Amazon, which is a, a weird place for him to go. This was strange, right? Because these laptops, the Surface Studio 2 and the Surface Laptop Go 4 did not have new CPUs. None of them, you know, Intel made this massive Meteor Lake announcement this week for laptop chips, much more efficient, way better CPU and GPU performance, just like not a massive like design overhaul, uh, not not a not a massive process overhaul, but like from the perspective of the way the chips designed, there are now chiplets inside the SOC. It's just a much more efficient way of building x86 CPUs. None of that at the Microsoft event, and obviously we know that Qualcomm's tech summit is happening next month. Uh, Will you're going I'll be to there. that? Yep. They're going to talk a lot about the Orion, which is probably what's going to power future ARM-based Surface devices, right? Because Orion is supposed to be able to better compete with Apple's M-series SOCs. So this was just like stuck in the middle. And it's just sad what's happened to Surface given the fact that like the laptops and the two-in-ones are great. The studio is way too expensive and the Go is 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 like a Chromebook competitor. Yeah, it's also too, it starts at like $800. Like, but like it's yeah. got, like, I don't know. You know what else is constantly $800 is like the M1 MacBook Air. Like, why would, whatever, anyway. True. And then Apple reviews. God, I don't think we have to week. talk much about them. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk. I'm literally, my Watch 9 is out, Series 9 is literally out for delivery right now. So like, maybe I'll talk about that more next week and, and, and eventually. Well, you have an iPhone 15 Pro Max, Yeah, actually. I have a 15 Pro Max. What do you th- we don't have to talk about it this week. Okay, it's, yeah. It's great. It's a good, good phone. I think the action button is so underbaked that I Ooh. hate using it just because Ooh. I know that the potential that's, is so much. That's it's, it's like, disheartening. Well, it's, it's okay. My, so go watch um, Michael Fisher's yeah, video yeah. on his iPhone 15 Pro Max review. But he talks about how the placement of the action button is bad. And, and I agree with him wholeheartedly for like continuity reasons. They put it in the same place as the mute switch. But for something that you are going to use to do other things than mute your phone, it's in a bad place, right? And I just think that because it doesn't have double tap or triple tap or press and hold distinctions, the fact that it's a single press, even if you can activate a Siri routine with it, you can only do one at a time. So wait, it didn't have a thing for double tap? No, it doesn't. It's 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 just press and hold. hold. That's all it does. So so I have it right now. Uh, set to open Halide, which is the, a really good third-party camera app. Amazing that I can finally do that, is just open a, camera, a third-party camera app via an action button. But I would also like to double tap to mute my phone, and I would triple tap to take a voice memo. Yeah, And it just kills me that that wasn't built in from the beginning. And I know Apple will release it next year. Or even sooner. Like, I mean, remember last year, I wrote a whole thing about how terrible their always on display was. And and it took them, it was fixed by fixed. It was like, they added the stuff I wanted by January. Like they made it so you could set it as a black screen. Like it's totally possible that in a iOS 17.1 update, that like they add this stuff. It is just interesting that like, Reading through reviews this week, I feel like most people were really positive about the action button. And I, I, I hadn't con- like it is very like interesting to be like, that's no, not far enough. And like, you're right. Like, I haven't used it yet. There is one coming. I'm going to review it for the site. But uh, yeah, 
like you can do a lot with it, I guess, because of shortcuts, but it is, it is also fairly limited. Yeah. Other things, I love the 5X zoom on this. Yeah. And it's not nearly as good as the 10X on the Samsung. How's it compared uh, to the 7? It's not 7 as good as the 4X. Pro. It's not as good as the, as the, as the 4X on the, on the uh, 7 Pro. 5X. Um, 5X, sorry, on the 7 Pro. The 4X was on the 6. Yep. Yes. The lens isn't as sharp. It yeah. doesn't do as well in low light, but it's there. I'm and not surprised. 3X was in this never, it was in this no man's land that I, I just hated using. Terrible. 5X at least gives you, it's opinionated, right? In a way that the 3X never was. Yeah. So I love that it's there. I hate that I have to use the Max for it because the Max is too big. Even though it's lighter, it's still too big. So boo on Apple for that. ZKD was sharing photos that he's taken with his S23 Ultra. And, you know, Taylor was like, <laughs> and Slack was like, I don't know if I'd call it good because ZKD was arguing that they were really good photos. And he's like, they're not. But, but, but you know what? You got the shot. Like, and, and like, Z, like ZKD made that point. And it's like, you know what? That's a great point. You got the shot that you couldn't, you wouldn't be able to get, especially on older iPhone or any iPhone that is not the 15 Pro Max. And even then, yeah, I, I'm not surprised mm -hmm. to learn that you know, considering the performance in the 3X, that the 5X is about the same, where it's like, it's not up to par with what um, the, the telephoto experience you can get from, from Samsung or Google. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm interested to hear what you think about the Series 9 and Double Tap. Yeah. Uh, double of, Tap's not out of, yet. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Sorry. It's, it was given like a beta version of yeah. iOS or watchOS 10 was given to reviewers. To reviewers, yeah. And I'm just a, a lowly... They, Apple doesn't know it exists. And honestly, no. that's fine. That's for, probably for the best. Okay, that's the iPhone. We'll talk a bit more about it next week. Uh, I'm also going to be reviewing the Sonos Move 2, which we can talk about as well next week. And uh, We should say, I might not be here next week. I have a thing to go to that I don't think I'm, I can talk about. Oh, but yeah, I will, I will be right. traveling until late Mis Friday. Mystery event that Will will eventually tell us about. Yeah, uh, If we can't get you... Uh, on then we'll, we'll we'll find somebody yeah nobody can actually replace you but uh, we'll do our best i was fired at the beginning of this you're podcast, right so. i take it back i take that back. You're, you're unfired yeah. all right um thank you so much will ara this has been this has been a blast i really enjoyed this one yeah I, this is this our longest episode? i think this is it definitely be. our longest episode at least in like a year so yeah. or six months so i uh, hope hope you all stuck out well, uh, next next week might be end. short, so we're 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 making up for it ahead of time. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, there's there's, I think next week will be a filler episode, and sure. then there's nothing we'll, wrong with that. Then we'll we'll, we'll move on to to Google. Uh, well, hear me out. Week. What if you guys replaced me with Alexa? <gasps> oh, we'll upload your voice to an LLM, and we'll just try to and ask you questions and see if you can. Uh, oh goodness, how many Will. horrible movie takes could I make you say? <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, here's the thing. There, I, I probably uh, I agree with those horrible movie takes. I have I have ter famously terrible taste. Avatar two was a masterpiece. All right. Well, thank you both. It's been a blast this week. Uh, thank you all for joining us for sticking around to the end. If you have, we appreciate you so much. Send your feedback to podcast at androidpolice.com. We love hearing from you. Remember your homework. Do you use a Fitbit? If so. Not Why? just a Fitbit. Do y'all use any fitness trackers over a smartwatch? Because oh, I, I want to hear from more than just Fitbit. I want to hear from like the Xiaomi Mi Band users oh, or whatnot. Yeah, the four Xiaomi Mi Band users in the world. Or but, uh, we do want to hear from you if you listen to this. Until next week, thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.
God damn, that was a marathon. That was yes, good. It was. I'm but, sorry. Oh, my, voice, my voice is like hoarse. I, oh, that, I, that was I, awesome. Yeah, I think we. I think people will like it. But wow, 